everybody. Welcome to the Transportation and Logistics Podcast, powered by Atlanta Dispatch and Humblebee Enterprises. I'm excited to be here with a very special guest. We have Chris Jolly, who is hashtag the freight coach and a slew of other titles. And before we begin, I did want to say that the Dispatcher's Guide to the Galaxy is available now as an ebook and a physical book. You can acquire your copy online from barnesandnoble.com or at Amazon. And if you're into the ebook space, you can get that bad boy from Apple Books. But look, without further ado, Chris, my brother, thank you again for joining me today. How is the new year treating you so far, brother? Uh, Jory, as always, it's a pleasure to uh, to join you, man. And the, the new year's starting out great. It's It started out the way that I ended uh, 2023 and you know, that's just my my head down and, uh, you know, kind of canceling out the noise of everything that goes on in this world and just focusing on growing growing my business. Awesome, brother. Awesome. Well, it sounds like you were able to stay productive during the holiday season. Yeah, man. I, dude, I'm such a creature of habit, Jory. I sit and do the same stuff like repeatedly, right? Like I, I was, you know, I, t- I talked to, to my wife and some of my, like my business partner. I'm like, if people ever took an outside view in on what I do in a day, they would be like, that's the most boring thing ever. Cause it's like, (laughs) I I get up at the same time every day. I follow the same routine every day. I mainly eat the same foods every single day. And I just have found a lot of, it's just a lot easier to control those things, man. Cause it's like, to me, it's, it's, I feel like that's one of the biggest hurdles with uh, a lot of stuff right now, man. It's just controlling your controllables. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, you know, you can find a lot of efficiencies when you have a routine and even thinking about some of the most wealthy people out there. They have money to buy all the clothes, but they tend to buy the same things, look very similar every single day because that's one less decision that has to be made is streamlining even that process. So, no, I feel you, brother. Uh, Routine is the thing. And I didn't get a chance to actually read it, but my wife, she really, really enjoyed reading Atomic Habits last year. So that's on my to-do, but it's the same thing, just building that very, very uh, productive routine every single day so that everything feeds on one another. Have you read it? I mean, I'm, I'm talking, I'm trying to summarize it, but yeah, you, have you read it? <laughs> I, I, I have, I've listened to the audio book and that it's funny you say that Jory, cause that's actually on my read list for this year is because of like, I, what I like to do is I like to listen to audiobooks first and, uh, and then I, I buy the, the written copy and, and try and do that because like, I've always struggled with comprehension. So to me, I've like, and this is just something that I'm trying for the first time this year where I'm doing the audio book first, and then I'm going to do the written book to see if I can uh, retain the information more. But Atomic Habits is definitely on my read list for this year. Oh, that's what's up. And truth be told, man, I think that's actually kind of brilliant right there. Back in the day, I didn't even consider myself a reader. I hated reading. I hated reading. And then I found out it wasn't that I didn't like to read. It was the subject matter. I like I like self-help books. I like books that's going to help me be a better person and have new skills. And then I did get onto that audio book binge real heavy when I used to commute a lot. And it was really, really good for me. And just to think about taking that pre-existing knowledge over to now reading it, I probably would be more you know, it, 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 it'll feed it to me in a different way. 
and allow me to retain some of those principles, those points that I probably had already connected to on the audio side of things. So that's interesting. I might even try to pick that up myself. So I appreciate you for mentioning that. Yeah, man. I dude, I, I look at it like this. So I I started this last year where I said I'm gonna read 12 books and listen to 12 audiobooks. And I failed on the 12 audiobooks. I only got 10 done. Um, but I'm just like I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, because I was the same way, man. Like I hated school, uh, I hated reading, and it was the subjects, right? Because it's like when I got into college. Um, I love business school and it was the subject. And then same thing with self-development books and, and business books. Like I love reading them, right? I love reading about the strategies and everything that comes along with it. Because from my perspective, man, like where else can you spend 20 to $25 on and get like a hundred grand worth of value? If you mm -hmm. actually apply it to your business, like it's not instantaneous, but like I'm convinced last year, Jory, based on the books that I read two in particular about managing my day better and managing my time better, I'm convinced that that's going to lead to about $5 million in revenue in the next couple of years, just because I'm going to become that much more efficient with my day. That's what it's all about, brother. That is what it's all about is applying what you're, the new things that you're taking in and making it a part of your, your, routine just like we were just talking about so no that's amazing brother that's amazing and thank you again for sharing that and you know i feel like we all have some level of new year new goals in us like that's just yeah normal for people especially the way that society is you know for you what's goal setting like in the jolly household for me it's so i i become really meticulous about it i believe in visualization. I believe in writing them out. And then I believe in, in just kind of going through those things. So I, I try and do a, uh, a goal every single year for my health, for my business and for my relationship. And, you know, that's with my wife and my, my son. And I try and, and, and I lay all of that out in December of every single year. So like I did that, the week before, you know, between Christmas and New Year's, I sat down and I got 12 uh, goals that I'm going after in 2024 in regards to, you know, business, personal and health. And I'm very meticulous on building out my routine around achieving that. Right. And I, I believe in like I was saying, I believe in the power of visualization. And I do like and again, back to the routines, man, like when I, I get up the same time every day, I drive to the gym. 20 minutes before they even open. And then I visualize for like 15 minutes every single morning about like achieving these goals that I have set out for myself. And it's one of those things where it's, it's almost taboo to sit here and say that you can like will things into existence unless you've done it before. And I'm like, I'm such a firm believer in it, man. And it's like, but it, you know, at the same time, you can't just like write down goals, think about them and not put any action towards achieving them. And I think that's where people kind of get lost in translation, right? Because it's like everybody loves to go to the gym and, uh, to start the new year until the pain starts to hit or until somebody puts that plate of wings in front of them or asks them to go out to grab a pizza or or something like that, you know? Then it's like all the all of that goes out the window in most instances. Right, right. And I'm not going to lie to you, man. You can call me whatever you want to, but all my goals this year is to be in bed by nine o'clock so i can get up ready to tackle the next day and one of the crazy things that happened this 
past year towards the end of Q4 is my gym. They stopped opening before 5 a.m. It used to be 24 5. So at least every single day of the, the work week, they were open 24 hours. Now, 5 a.m. is the earliest you can get in there. And that didn't necessarily resonate well with the way that I had built up my routine, you know. Yeah. So just working on those things. But uh, when you're going to write out goals, it's more than just writing them. You actually have to do a lot more. And I'll say in the Myers household, 2024 is all about gratitude and discipline. Everything we seek to accomplish this year and just in life is on the other side of those two principles. Uh, but yeah, very excited about 2024. And, um, you know, we've been chatting it up. But for the people who have not had an opportunity to encounter you in the past, you know, let them know who you are. Give them a brief introduction, brother. Yeah. So I, I've been in the industry indirectly my entire life. I come from a family of truck drivers and I've personally been a broker. Uh, I've been personally been in the industry for 15 years. I've been a broker for 13 of them. And, you know, I started uh, creating content back in 2020 uh, when I was out of a job, like, I, but I resigned from my job right at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, unbeknownst to me that, you know, a couple of days later, the world was going to shut down. But, you know, it forced me, I, I, I truly believe that it happened for a reason. I've been praying for a long time that I want to be my own boss and do my own thing. And, Lo and behold, it, that, that's how it worked out. So I started creating content on the transportation industry because I just saw a bunch of stuff out there, man, where I'm just like, this just isn't real or this isn't my experience in the industry. And fast forward, you know, a couple of months, I started doing a podcast on the industry as well. And then, you know, I started a, a sales training business uh, in the midst of all of that, uh, but just working with uh, freight brokers and trucking companies. And then uh, I, I did that up until about October or, you know, really January of 2023 is when we hit the ground running with Freight Coach Logistics. And that was for me to get back in the saddle because it's like the, the companies that I was working with from a sales training perspective, they all experienced like a lot of growth. Right. And I'm like, at the, as happy as I was, I'm like, all they're doing is applying what I'm telling them to do. Mm -hmm. So why don't I just get back in it and do it on my own. And, and I'm also like, as a content creator and, and as somebody, you know, like I'm always thinking like, how do I bring more value to my audience? And I'm like, there's no better way to do it than put your money where your mouth is and start your own business and then grow it in front of your audience to show the, the validity behind everything. So. I'm not going to lie to you. That was the exact reason why I got into content creation I was doing what I was doing for corporate America. I was dispatching trucks and just by way of the pandemic hitting, they fired a lot of the drivers who I was dispatching and me looking for community on the app clubhouse. I created a transportation and logistics group. And just by way of, you know, if you build it, they will come. People started to chat about logistics and all that kind of good stuff. And I got exposed to the fact that people were dispatching as entrepreneurs, which then led me to really make the conversations very, very specific as to how I can learn what I needed to learn to go along with what I was doing on the operation side. But what about the business ownership side? And, you know, it was a matter of just growing a business right in front of a community. And it was just something I'm very, very grateful to have been able to do 
at this point, my interest is just complete supply chain. Everybody that has a part of moving something from A to B, if you're in the industry and you're supporting anybody peripherally that is moving goods from A to Z, A to B, whatever you want to say, I am, uh, I want to know about what you got going on. And just having that hunger has really allowed me to make some pretty good relationships, you know, just some really rich relationships and uh, having a great understanding of how these pieces move together. Um, so with you, I mean, you are the host of Coffee with the Freight Coach. Yeah. Man, what type of coffee are you drinking? I'm black, bro. Black, <laughs> I, hey. I, 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 yeah. I yes. don't put any cream in it or anything like that. I, I just, I drink it because of the flavor. Uh, I, I don't, I don't water it down. <laughs> I feel you, brother. I mean, that's the exact place I'm in. I, and I was talking to my wife this evening. I was just like, you know, I think I realized as to why I only drink black coffee. You know, I heard if you're going to have a habit, which co drinking coffee could be considered a habit, you want it to be as clean as you can be. Um, so I think that's what I wanted. I wanted it to be as unadulterated and, um, you know, just as healthy as it could be if I was going to have yeah. it. Yeah, man. Yeah. Black coffee. I appreciate it. Is there a specific brand? Do you have a brand partnership? <laughs> a no, no, no. I'm, I'm going to speak it into existence, man. Yes, but I, sir. I, drink, I, dr I drink Black Rifle Coffee Company. Uh, hey. and, I and I have a monthly coffee club membership with them. It's great because it's like I, I everything just gets delivered to my door. And uh, yeah, man, that, I, I just found like I'm a, I'm a big proponent of, Amer of supporting small and American business. And there, you know, Black Rifle has a great story of, you know, a group of veterans that uh, created this company a while ago. And, you know, I just I like supporting and standing behind that. And also it helps that they have the some of the best coffee that I've ever drank in my life, too. Right. That's not a bad goal of supporting small brands, American brands. I think that's uh, actually what every small business owner in America wants you to do. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, that I is agree. amazing, brother. Just thinking about the routine of things. And I just had the ability to highlight a chiropractor that's here in the Atlanta area. And yeah. just thinking about my day-to-day -day habits, it, she made me realize that I needed to get back on my gallon a day of water. So yep. as of, you know, January 1st, I've been taking down a gallon a day, but I also drink about 64 ounces of coffee a day. You know what yeah. I mean? So <laughs> it, it, it's been a lot of fluids, man. It's been a lot of fluids. But I wanted to mention that because, again, I was under the impression that I was doing well with my water intake, but to learn that me taking in half my body weight in ounces wasn't enough. I got to crank it all the way back up. And it's been nice. It's been really good to feel yeah. hydrated. So that's a sprinkle to all the listeners out there who potentially are taking in soft drinks or just maybe coffee and not really staying hydrated. This is the, the voice in the beginning of the year that's saying that you can do it. You can definitely do that. So yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm right there with you, man, dude. I, I, I do that as well. Uh, you know, I, I walk around with a big water bottle and I get a gallon in a water every day also. And that to me is, it's so crucial. And, and, and Jory, I think a, a lot of people don't think about the direct correlations between your personal health uh, and what results it gets in business. And and I, I would do, I was obese for a very, very long time of my life and I didn't pay attention to my health. I, I drank 
almost every, you know, pretty much, I would say every single day mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it got out of hand. And then when I cleaned that up, but it, it started, you know, again, like we were talking about reading, it started in developing my mind. And then from there, it bled into my health and then losing weight and developing that routine and then getting control of that, man, it's so crucial to the, you know, really whatever you're going to do, right? If you're going to, if you're listening to this and you're like, you want to start a podcast in the transportation industry, building up that routine, but getting in control of your life in every aspect, it starts to bleed into other areas. And I don't think that that's really talked about a lot from like the entrepreneur space or the content creator space, um, especially in freight, right? Is is it is talking about getting your your health in order and, and getting your head in order and how that translates into developing the disciplines that's required to go into the highs and lows of all of this. Right, right, right. I mean, look, just thinking about your your history and when you've changed, you know, when you decided that it was time to change for the better, was there a particular book that came to you at a time that gave you the push to say, you know what, I can do better. I do deserve better. I am going to be better. Was there a particular book? There wasn't a particular book as much as there were a couple of podcasts that I, Mm. I had fallen onto. So Andy Frisella has the Real AF podcast and then Ed Milet, his podcast. I started listening to them both back in 2020. And that's when I first started kind of like going back to the gym and just like the message that I heard from Andy Frisella, because, you know, he's built uh, a couple or like multiple nine, 10 figure companies, right? Serial entrepreneur. And, but his message, the whole thing was, is, you know, he's essentially a regular guy, but he had to overcome obesity and self-doubt and everything else. And he talks about, and the way that he talks about it, like if you listen to my podcast, you know, I have very colorful language um, in the way I talk and he, and he talks the same way. And the, like, and I just like, I heard it, heard his first couple of episodes back then. And I'm like, dang, I'm not alone. And this is the way that I've always felt. But knowing that, you know, there's other people out there that go through. And I think that's the, the people that I gravitate towards the most from the the entrepreneur space is, is the ones who talk about the real side of how hard it really is to do all of this. But those are the two podcasts that I started listening to that really changed the trajectory of everything for me because I think it almost validated the way I had always thought and then known like, all right, it's up to me. If I want to make changes, if I'm because like I and I've talked about this before, man, the hardest conversation I ever had to have was the one that I had with myself in the mirror about I'm the reason why I'm overweight. I'm the reason why I'm I'm a drunk. I'm the reason why I'm not where I want to be in life. And I found that through those two podcasts and it kind of made that all like the, the stars started to align from it. And that's where I was able to start taking action. I feel it, brother. I feel it. I'm, I'm very grateful to be talking to you now on this side of things and you being able to pinpoint it back to those pieces of content that you were ingesting that triggered you. I would say I had similar, similar situation, man. I'm not going to lie to you. I picked up some really nasty habits out in Afghanistan. You know, I was the, I was the kid that said, I'm never going to smoke cigarettes. And what do I do? Soon as I don't have (laughs) access to you know, black and miles, the, the particular black and miles I wanted to, to smoke out in Afghanistan, I picked up smoking cigarettes and I did yeah. it consistently. I'm talking about once I started, 
it was years before I stopped. And, um, you know, drinking heavy, you know, didn't yeah. even have to be socially. <laughs> yeah. Dude, <laughs> didn't even, I feel you. Yeah. And the book for me was The Power of Now. The Power of Now it summarized a lot of the things that you just said about being able to own your next move, you know, taking ownership and not being a victim. And how do you not be a victim? You take ownership for your actions so that you can empower yourself to make a, a better decision moving forward. So uh, that book was kind of like the start to the growth and the development and the wanting to be better. You know, how do I lead a family if I'm like this? And I was just grateful that none of those things had already happened because, you know, I don't I don't know if I would have been the same person yeah. I am today as a father had it happened earlier. So, again, I, I, I just thank God every single day for my journey, uh, the way yep. that things unraveled and for me to be able to be shown grace and mercy so that at this age, I have the compassion for other folks. And I understand that, you know, we're all people, man. We're trying to make it work. And sometimes we're in a different space, but just give grace and mercy. And I'm pretty sure that everything is going to be able to work itself out just like as humans. But um, yeah, man. So yeah, I appreciate you mentioning that being willing to to share that is uh, a way. I'm happy that we were able to talk about that. Yeah, man. I, I think it's your duty, though, to just speak your truth, right? Like I at the end of the day, like we all have past. We've all done and said things that we regret the older we get when you look back and you're like, man, that's not who I was um, or that's not who I am. And, you know, but the thing is, is like you can always start right now and, and start working towards that and changing that. Right. Because it's like, you know, you mentioned being, you know, like, you know, a father and a husband and everything like Dude, that's like my biggest concern with everything is it's like I just want my wife and my son to look up, like look at me and like know that like I'm they're getting the best version of me, right? 100%. Not some watered down, you know, not you know, somebody who's just like I don't know, man. I just I didn't like where I was, right? Like yeah. at the end of the day, I didn't like where I was, you know. Like, what what example am I setting if I'm drunk every single day? Right. Mm -hmm. Like, what, what, like, how am I how am I doing that? How am I a present father? How am I a present husband? And am I really living up to my potential? And and it's like, you know, from my perspective, there's that's what was what I, I realized the most is, is like, man, I, I've been blessed by God in so many ways. And I was doing nothing with those gifts. I was doing nothing with those gifts. And when I got aligned from that and I started working on myself, and I think that that's, you know, again, where a lot of people need to look into is, is when you start working on yourself, become selfish for a little bit. And then in the sense of like getting, you know, working on me, becoming the best husband that I can be and the best father that I can be, because everything else started falling into place when I started focusing on how do I become the best version of myself for the people that I care about the most. 100%. And I want to say, I would love to see, you know, cause it's like, I get it, man. It's tough for people to, to possibly talk about this because it, you know, for the longest time, man, I blamed everybody else, but me for where I was. It was always everybody else's fault. It was never Chris's fault. 
Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, man. Um, so yeah, thank you again. <laughs> thank you again. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. again, I can I can go into this all day. We can have this conversation, brother. <laughs> uh, but you know, just because you are the freight coach and people do need to understand that you are a great resource within the supply chain. I did want to talk about some of the supply chain stuff that you got going on. And look, this is a question. It's, it's random, right? But I know you talk to a lot of people. I know you read up on a lot of things. You discuss a lot of things. You know, what would you say is the most interesting thing that you've learned about the supply chain recently, whether it be one of those guests or your own research about what's to come in the supply chain? Do you have anything that's new that's exciting, that's making you bubbly on the inside to, to learn more about it? Yeah, man, it's going to be this. Nothing about what I'm about to say is going to be like revolutionary or, you know, I personally, I personally think that people are going to go back and want like, and from the, and this is talking about from the freight perspective, um, when it comes to business development, People want like because people always talk about relationships, right? Everybody's always like, "Oh, this this is a relationship business," but automation has been pushed for so long, and so many people have invested in it that they've lost the human element of business development and building relationships. And I personally think that this year in particular is where the small providers who haven't fully automated everything are going to have a really large opportunity to capture market share from the companies that have fully automated everything. I, I truly do. Man, that's a hot take right there because everybody's talking about robotics and, you know, generative AI and how yeah. automation is the wave. So this is the hot take right here. Yeah. I, I just look at it like this story. I mean, and again, this is just pure speculation of where my gut is. We're humans at at our core, obviously, right? Like we we crave that tribe. We crave being with people. And I truly think that with technology, which it's great, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I use technology and I want to streamline as much stuff as I possibly can. But I also want to be involved with people. I like talking to people. Like, dude, I go to the same gas station every single week just you know just to go in and talk to the people and mm-hmm. stuff like that and i know i'm not alone in that and i think that there is just i think we've crossed that line of automating everything in our lives where people are like dude just look at society as a whole right now man people are lonely there's no re- you know like they want to be a part of something and i truly think that once it go it's it's going to start swinging back in where people are going to want to to have that human to human interaction. And that's one thing that I'm committed to. And I talked about this on my live show today. I'm committed to meeting as many shippers as possible in person this year. Every single time I go on a trip, I'm lining up site visits. I'm doing that, man, because I truly feel like that is going to be the biggest differential or like separator out there for people. I hear you. I hear you. And just thinking about some of the, what you were talking about before, some of the God-given gifts that you know, you weren't leveraging um, the way that you wanted to before you decided to make that switch. I think one of those gifts that I always give uh, glory to God about that he get, he blessed me with, that God blessed me with, was the ability to build relationships. And yeah. like I told you, I've lived a lot of places. So being able to speak to new people has always been something I, I had to do. So now it's just something that 
uh, I do well. You know, it makes me think about even the conference circuit this year. I'm kind of excited. What about you? You looking forward to the transportation industry conference circuit for 2024? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna partake in a couple. I don't know how many I'm gonna get out to this year, man, because you know business is growing and mm-hmm. I need to focus on on that, right? Like, there's a couple of core events that I, I won't miss. Um, but I, you know, I'm always looking forward to getting out there and just being around people who are like, like hustlers, right? Like that are, that are working really hard. And I think that's what I love the most about, uh, going to Freight Fest last year in, in Houston mm-hmm. with, with Rommel is it's like, dude, when you're, in, when you're a, uh, an entrepreneur, when you're, when you're around people who are like out there putting in the work, you can just feel it. And I mm-hmm. felt that in that room, man, when I was in there, when I was speaking, I felt it. And I just, those are the, those are the events that I like being around. Cause those are my people at the end of the day, right? Like I'm, I'm bootstrapping everything, man. Like I'm figuring this out every single day. And I, I think that's what I love the most about that event is I was just people out there who were, they wanted to learn and they were hungry and you could feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was going through the goal setting process and I, I saw one of these posts by Shay Lynn Dixon, big shout out yeah. to her. One of the questions that she put in her post that made me ponder was saying, uh, which partnerships worked out for you the best in 2023? And I'll definitely say that me being able to team up with Ramel was one of the things that I really valued. It, it, one, put me in the room that you were just talking about. So big shout out to Freight Fest. That is something I'm looking forward to this year. But, you know, it's just uh, since I've known that brother, he's put me in positions to grow and that's all you could ever ask. Do you have any other conferences that you're interested in partaking in this year? Yeah, so I'll be at the uh, the TIA conference here in uh, Phoenix in April. I'll go to that because it's local. Um, and then I will be going out to Cleveland. Uh, there's a cybersecurity event that I've been going to for the last couple of years for the uh, NMFTA and I really, really enjoy the cybersecurity side of things, right? Because that, that's a that's a whole side of business that I had no idea was even like a like an issue until you get around that and you get around cyber experts and everything and kind of like protecting the critical infrastructure of your your organization. So those are the three that I will definitely be at, and you know maybe some other ones will will filter in throughout the year. But you know I, I tried to keep uh, to keep my schedule as little as possible from a travel commitment standpoint, because, you know, we're, we're one or two accounts away from, you know, hiring 10 people, right? Yeah. Like that, that's where we're at. And I just know that this year and probably next year are, are going to be hey nose to the grind and, and keep your head down and build. And, you know, all of those events for, you know, are, are going to be there in a couple of years. It's just one of those times, man, with like when you can feel the momentum, when you know it's there, I got to be prepared to, to execute in those moments. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Is there such a thing of winning freight business, you know, a broker winning freight business at a conference or is that always on a site visit? I personally think it's on a site visit, man. I going to a conference where there's shippers at um i just look at it like this man it's like that's where like the the vultures sit and i cuz like i i have a couple of buddies who are shippers and i was at a conference with them last year um and they like they have to hide 
they have to hide their name tags because otherwise they're like, <laughs> I get inundated. I can't even enjoy a drink by the pool. And I'm like, dude, that's bad. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm not going to do that. And that's where it's like, to me, I'm like, again, I'm going to do what everybody else uh, like isn't doing. And, that, and that's a business philosophy that I've lived by here for the last three or four years. Jory is that if everybody says go to the right, I'm going to turn to the left and I'm going to sprint to the left because that's where the real prosperity lies. If you're at that conference, you tell them that the only way that they're, you're going to be able to win that that shipper's business, they got to get the custom freight coach Air Force Ones like I saw a freight That's truck. true. That's, that's, that's true. what they got to have. You got to tell them, man. <laughs> that's how you get the deals done. And, uh, you know, think about where you're at in Arizona. It's a lot of golf out there, isn't there? Have you ever gotten some some business on a golf course? No, actually. So I, I had to stop golfing. Um, and... But no, I do. I, I look at it like this. It, it's like just getting out in people's elements because, I, you know, when it comes down to like site business and stuff, I feel like it's their comfort zone. Right. And I'll, I'll walk into any warehouse or office out there and, and talk to anybody. On, and I'll go on their turf. Right. And because uh, I feel like for me, from a, a business development standpoint, nobody can ever feel how much their business means to me unless I'm in the room with them. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I'm in the room with them, I'm going to close them. Oh, <laughs> you didn't know. <laughs> Straight up, man. I, I, I'm i that because I prepare for stuff, right? Like I don't shoot from the hip. Like if, if, if somebody gives me 15 minutes of their time, you better bet I'm going to walk in that room. I'm going to have questions that are going to be ready to go. And it's going to be a very direct and pointed conversation. I'm not going to mm -hmm. go in there and and waste anybody's time and be like, oh, how's the weather and all, uh, none of that, man. I'm coming in there to show them how serious I am about their business because, like, at the end of the day, man, like, this isn't a game to me, right? Like, it, this is how I feed my family. This is how I put a roof over their head. And if somebody is going to be willing to give me time, I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to be ready for it. Per the market analysts, right? They're saying that the freight is there, man. It's even increasing over years past. So. 2023, there was more freight to move than 2022, but it's all being absorbed into the contracted freight market. You yep. know, for you, even in your position, how challenging is it to acquire that dedicated contracted freight if you're not one of those household freight brokers names? It's extremely challenging, right? Like there's, there's no other way to put it, right? Like there's a false sense of what it takes to actually earn and retain a shipper's business if you came into this industry in 2021 and 2022 because it was there was so much chaos going on that people were setting people up you know just because and what happens in a market that we're in right now the large providers they can sustain going in for lower rates for a longer amount of time because that's just what they're built for right like they have the revenue they have a war chest of money to essentially sit idle for 12 months and they'll go in there and they'll gobble up market share. But you know, the thing is, is uh, they're going to fail eventually. Right. Eventually. Like, and, and you have to be like so diligent in your follow-ups because they're not going to, they're not going to take your call or answer your email on the first, second, third or fourth time. And you got to keep following up, but you can't follow up with generic messaging, right? Like you have to take the time and tailor those messages to the specific prospect, right? And I think in due time, the more you follow up, the, you know, because everybody 
is reaching out in these markets, right? Like if you talk to a shipper right now, Jory, they're going to tell you they receive a hundred solicitations a week or whatever that Mm -hmm. looks like. But how many of them stop after the second attempt or the third attempt? And you just got to keep sitting yourself in a position because like, man, I, I, I onboarded 15 different shippers this last year. All right. Mm -hmm. 15. And we moved freight consistently with six of them throughout the year. But if you go out there to any media narrative in the industry, like nobody's onboarding anybody, nobody's adding new providers. People are just not adding shitty providers anymore. All right. Mm -hmm. You have to bring substance to the table. Well, I would ask you this, you know, uh, well, I have two questions that are still along these lines, but thinking about even the type of business that you are shooting after, what do you guys specialize in over there at Freight Coach Logistics? Yeah, man, we specialize in open deck and uh, heavy haul transportation, right? So we are primarily going after pipe, precast concrete, building materials, construction equipment, stuff like that. There is a drive-in component that comes along with this naturally. So we that that's our main specialty, right? Like that's our niche. We don't do anything else. I'm not cold calling a dairy provider on one call, bottled water on the next, uh, plastics on the next, and then flatbed on the next, right? Like I'm very very hyper-focused on carving out a specific niche. With you saying that, I feel like you and I have some private conversations to have. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, some <laughs> private conversations to have. But no, that's uh, that's dope, brother. And you, as a content creator, man, how has creating content uh, helped with your lead generation for freight coach logistics? Uh, from my perspective, it has given me the ability to be more confident in talking to strangers because I don't Mm -hmm. know a lot of my guests, right? Like Mm -hmm. I I barely talk to any of them. There's a, you know, now, man, it's, it's different, right? Like I can DM somebody and be like, Hey, do you want to come on the show? And it's like a resounding yes. Um, (laughs) But it took a while to get to that point, right? (laughs) For the first two years, man, it was, it was like, uh, I don't know who you are. Mm -hmm. Um, so I had to carve that out and then I had to get really out of my comfort zone. Right. And that has completely translated into a business development superpower, I think, because man, I can walk into a room and talk to any stranger now. And that wasn't always like that. Um, but it's also brought awareness to it where I've befriended a lot of shippers. I don't work with them all, but they're all in my DMS, man. And I talk to them about stuff and they that's where the real value lies is because they give me feedback on my approach in sales on everything else and what they like about it or dislike about it and what they would like to see so it's like man it's a win-win 100 percent, i couldn't agree with you more uh it is about just building the relationships and most of the time in business and life you want to build those relationships before you need them and if you can have people who specialize in a certain area, be able to provide specific feedback so that it can help you hone your craft, that is the ultimate win. You know, that's again, going back to that point or me going to the point now, you are the summation of the five people who you interact with the most. And, you know, in this case, you want to interact with people that are smart, 
and who are yes. winning. <laughs> and yes. if they're the, if those are the people providing you feedback, um, you know, that just helps you out in life. The the determination to make sure it happens once that handout, that that extended olive branch is given, you know what I mean? You definitely have to have the determination and the tenacity to, to yep. walk that down. Um, and you can't coach that. <laughs> you no, <know>? for sure. <laughs> that Dude, has to be internal. It's true, man. You have to want it, right? And there is, you have to accept the fact that this is going to be the hardest thing you're ever going to do in your life. If you're going to go out on your own, this is going to be the absolute hardest thing you will ever do. And it's there. Every day is going to seem like it's the end and it's all going to be done, but you just got to keep showing up. You got to keep putting in the reps. You're going to get told, you know, that it's that old saying, man, you get knocked down seven times, you get up eight. It, there, that is literally, if there's one sentence that could summarize business, that's what it is. You just got to keep getting up. You have to humble yourself. You really do because nobody is going to do any of the work for you. And, but at the same time, there are people out there that are so willing to help you if you are willing to ask for it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you talking about the reps, it, it makes me go back to what you were talking about earlier about how putting in that daily show, creating that content, talking to those people just gives you that confidence just to talk to complete strangers. And I would say that people used to laugh, you know, when I said that I was doing a clubhouse session and I was like, you don't know the the value that putting in those reps is actually giving me just the confidence to work a conference, you know, to be up on a conference stage and speak with authority and to have charisma and understand that I just got to breathe through whatever I got going on and deliver. You got to stand and deliver. But how doing those reps is what really allow me to be able to do those things. I mean, so yeah, it's just taking advantage of those opportunities. But again, it has to be internal. You got to want it. And uh, the fruit is after you put the work in. That's that's yeah. what I've learned. And even pivoting just a bit to other things that you got going on, man, you're, you're also uh, another type of business owner. You have a platform. What's that about? Yeah, man. So I'm a, I'm a part of a company called Broker Carrier and it's a onboarding software and it's a carrier identity and all of that. But, you know, we've taken the focus in and we want to highlight, yes, it's a broker onboarding tool, but we want to highlight the right carriers, right? Because I think that there's a lot of software that's out there that is almost like designed to put trucking companies out of business, it seems like. And it's, yeah, it's like, unfortunately, geez. yeah, to, to find their faults and everything where we want to highlight the right carriers based on the freight that they want to haul and put them in touch with the right brokers. And because like for me as a broker, man, the biggest thing that you need to do is you need to work with the same trucking companies time and time again. I feel like a lot of these companies that are like complaining about double brokering and, and everything else, it's just like you aren't training your staff, right? Like you're not actually training your staff and you're going out to these load boards for every single shipment to try and cover your capacity. And then you got a carrier who does a great job for you. And then you never call them again because you want to try and get it for cheaper. So for me, it's like, man, we want to highlight the right carriers to find the right brokers to pair them up for, for long-term success. Because that's where, as a broker myself, that's where all the best customer relationships I've came I've ever had were from 
establishing quality carrier partnerships first? Yes, sir. I mean, I couldn't say that any better, especially as a content creator who's always been carrier first. You know, I was raised by a truck driver and yeah. even starting my dispatch business. I understand that I work for the carrier, for the driver. My my job was to make their job easier. So hearing that from you and that being your chief aim, that's what the industry needs right now. And it made me even think about some of the uh, friends we have over at Isometric Technologies and just what they're doing. Um, they're opening up some of those different tools, the scorecarding tools, not only to shippers as they were doing originally, but now to brokerages. And it makes me think about, I pray that those tools are what's going to allow those carriers that need to be on those lanes to always be considered first. Because I, during this process, the, the past 26, 27 months when the the industry was on this downswing. I've seen way too many carriers that were doing good work be pushed out of business just because they didn't have the ability to be put to the, the front of the line on a lane that they were they were killing. You know, they were doing well. And so uh, I'm, I'm very grateful to hear that that's what your aim is, brother. Yeah, man. I mean, again, dude, I, I was even though I'm a broker, I was raised by a truck driver. All right. I was born and raised in a trucking family. And we got to stop this back and forth that goes on in freight, right? Like, and I know that this is a long road ahead, but th I don't know why brokers make their lives so much harder on themselves. Um, but again, that's why another reason why I'm out on my own doing this stuff, man, I'm going to, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going to do everything that I talk about. And then when in a couple of years and everybody's like, how did you grow? I'm going to be like, I apply everything I talk about on my show. You guys don't. And that's just where the direct uh, correlation is going to be. Yeah, man. Yeah, brother. I hear you. I hear you. And, um, you know, we were talking about family. We were talking about routine. Uh, you being a decision maker for two budding companies. Um, how is that? <laughs> you know, balancing. Yeah. I mean, it seems like that's a, that's a lot to juggle to make sure you're still present. And, um, you know, how has that been? I'm a glutton for punishment, Jory. Mm -hmm. I love, <laughs> I love, but I, you know, for me, I operate at my highest when my back's against the wall. And mm. when things seem like, uh, I'm overly stressed out, that's when I can get into my flow state. Um, but to me, it's just like, I don't, I dude, I, I just like decisiveness to me is so crucial because it's like I'm gonna make mistakes, but I would rather like come to a conclusion, make a decision, and then deal with if I'm wrong after the fact, than not make a decision at all. And I think that that's where a lot of people get caught up is is they get paralysis analysis, man. They sit there and they can't decide. I would rather decide and be wrong than sit and and go back and forth in my head on if I should do something or not. Uh, 100% man and that was a part of you know what I gained from the power of now that book that I was talking about because yeah. that was me paralysis analysis I used to think it was a superpower for me to uh, go over and analyze the situation a million different ways in my mind but then I realized that's just killing me you know it's, it's not yeah. allowing me to move forward because I'm focus on the same stuff over and over and over. So yeah, that has become more of my mentality. 
make a decision, whether right or wrong, and move to the next thing that comes after that. Yeah, man. I mean, I look at it like this. Like, at the end of the day, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Yep. Right? Like, I mean, it's not going to kill you, literally. Like, I hope not. But, you know, like, you're not going to die. Mm-hmm. And you're just going to learn, right? Like, and, and I think that's where, again, it's the power of that repetition because now you have an ability. And again, this is always easier to sit back and say it when you're not in the middle of some shit. But sure. now now you have the ability to the next time you're faced with that, now you know how to act. So it's like, don't discount what you're going through right now and how that's going to prepare you to become a better decision maker, or a better leader in the future. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I uh, couldn't have said it better myself, man. I guess we have a couple questions left. This is the first question. How is it creating content five days a week, live sessions? What does that do? How do you do that? You know, how do you do that, brother? That's a, that's challenging. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I wing it, man. Like, I, dude, I don't pre-plan. Like, I, I, I choose the articles that I break down. Um, the night before, I don't read them. I'm reading them live on the show and I'm just shooting from the hip. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of it is, is because like, I hate scripted stuff. Right. And to me, I just want to put a perspective out there from somebody who actually does the job. And that's where a lot of the, the media, whether it be in freight or even mainstream media. And again, it's not there, you know, I, I, I just think like, I've always learned the most from the people who have actually done it before. And I want to put my perspective out there is all. So it's like the content kind of writes itself. Um, I just go out there and I just, I guess I'm just willing to make myself look like an idiot in some situations, but you know, I enjoy the discipline of, of it. And and then frankly, it, it also makes me a more well-rounded, uh, provider as well man because i'm I'm very much read up on all current events and transportation <laughs> agreed man agreed that's the best part about creating content to me is that you are so well read you are so caught up on everything that's going on that you can pretty much have a conversation with anybody about anything uh you know within you know within yeah. certain parameters but and that feels good it feels good to be able to have conversation starters and that's actually how i've made a lot of friendships being able to go going deeper and deeper and deeper into subjects when it comes to the supply chain uh yeah, yeah man that's that's definitely one of the highlights of being able to create content are there any dream interviews that you already have on the schedule or maybe that you hope to get on the schedule Man, that's that's tough, right? Like yeah. I when it comes down to it, there are specific interviews that I want to have on my show that I know will come in time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are from like the the early, you know, cuz I call them mentors even though I've never personally spoken to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the Andy Frisellas and the Ed Milets and you know, and some of the other uh, people that got me kind of started with all of this. Those are like my dream interviews. And more of it is, is like, kind of like to put that gratitude out there of like, cause I think one thing for me, um, getting the messages from people who are like, Hey, I applied what you said and it worked and I got business from it. I just wanted to let you know how much I appreciate your content. 
Those are like the best messages that I get every single day. Mm -hmm. And I want to be able to do that. And I want to talk to some of those individuals who were mentors that they don't know. And, you know, cause I, I think like when you put your heart and soul into something, you don't, and even though you hear people say it, it's tough to actually feel the appreciation that the audience can bring to you as somebody who's willing to share their story, you know? So it's like, those are some that I think would be awesome to sit down and interview with. And then, I, you know, for me, I think that, but all of that stuff is earned, right? And I don't put anything on a, on like, yeah, I have like visions and stuff of where things are going, but if God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. And I have complete faith in that. 100%. 100%. And I feel that answer, man. Uh, the best thing that can happen is someone to reach out to me and tell me what benefit they got from my content. And, yeah. you know, whether it was an opportunity or whether it was a, a, a technique or whatever it was, um, that's always a very warm feeling. So I like talking to those individuals. Um Anything else you'd like to mention that we didn't get a chance to cover thus far? Any updates, any announcements, anything like that? You know, man, I, I think that the only thing I'd like to end this with is is as dark and bleak as it seems out there, uh, just minimize your distractions this year, you know, because I, I truly feel like it could be a very, very tumultuous year overall on the macro level. And I but I think that you got to focus on this. People are going to win this year. I'm going to win this year in 2024. Um, you can too. Lim minimize your distractions, control your controllables, and just go for it, right? Because there is never a better time than right now to go for your dreams because there is, with all of that chaos, there are so many people that are on the sidelines that are, aren't willing to act. And if you're willing to act and if you're willing to push through and deal with all the bullshit, it, there, good things are going to come your way. I hear you, brother. I hear you there, man. Well, I appreciate that sentiment. And uh, how can people find more out about the freight coach and coffee with the freight coach and freight coach logistics? How, where would you like to send them? Yeah, you can uh, email me, direct Chris at the freightcoach.com, or my podcast is on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, Coffee with the freight coach, new episodes drop seven times a week, five live shows, two pre recorded. And uh, on my YouTube channel as well, it's just look for the freight coach and, and you can get in direct contact with me that way. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, look, well, as we close, I love to give a huge shout out to my sponsor. I think they're a sponsor of yours as well. Thai Software. Yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. Exactly, man. I love those folks. So Thai Software is helping brokerages of all sizes streamline their processes and scale their businesses. So whether you're a broker specializing in full truckload or LTL, they have a solution for you. So with that being said, uh, Chris, my brother, it was a pleasure to see you last year. So a couple couple months ago, man. Yeah. Uh, and I, I hope to see you at some of these uh, conferences here this year. But again, I appreciate you for joining me, brother. And uh, God bless you and your family, my guy. Yeah, I appreciate you as well, Jory. God bless you as well. Yes, sir.